gonna be talking about cults and like feeling uh <laughs> just going through reading these uh these things i have for uh talking about cults and like you know a common one is where you um you know kind of separate only surround yourself with members of the group kind of thing right and i'm just lately since really things started really accelerating with the passports the the in-group out-group dynamic ironically i feel like we found ourselves staying away from the in-group <laughs> like it's almost like the reverse of what cults do just because we see that everyone's in a cult. So it's really hard to not want to call it for what it is even more. So now that the passports are like, guys, your, your belief system is impacting like my ability to live a life. So it's not like I can just as easily nod my head and be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The cases. Wow. Yeah. The cases are so blah, 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 bad. Yeah. The waves and the the surge. Like I just, I can't, I feel like Carly and I are just going to go off the next time we see them just because it's like, not necessarily maybe not quite as personal as family, but it's still like, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to not feel like there's a, a conflict brewing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it already kind of feels like it's there. It's just like, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot like, of tension. Okay, yeah. What is it? Where does that come from? Is that Alinsky? What's is, that? Is the strategy of tension? Oh, you know it. Yeah, that also sounds like it could be like a like a Leninist thing. I'm not sure. Right, right. Um, it could be Alinsky though. Yeah, I mean, I I was just looking for his book the other day and I couldn't find it and. Um, That'd be a good one to read. I know, I know, I have it around here somewhere. <laughs> um, well, because I, I was, yeah. I was looking for. There's a couple birthdays coming up, so um, we got. Oh, nice. Yeah, we got them birthday um, tr- basket treats, you know. And I wanted to put. I have this book um, behind me called. Um, oh God, what's it called? Oh, it's called Hope Never Dies, <laughs> and it's an Obama Biden mystery. <laughs> yeah. And I think the 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 catchphrase is is America needs a hero, and now it has two. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because that feels like what's happening right now. But um, you know, not that they're heroes, but we've got both of them. Uh, yeah, the old know. third term. <laughs> yeah, strategy of tension, a policy where violent struggle is encouraged rather than suppressed. Comes from Italy, nineteen sixty eight to nineteen eighty two wherein both far-left Marxist and far-right neo-fascist extra-parliamentary groups and state intelligence agencies perform yeah. bombings, kidnappings, arsons, and murders. Yeah, there you go. Strategy of tension. Yeah, definitely a Marxist thing. But Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds like a Hegelian uh, uh, dialectic kind of thing. Yeah, especially when you have state intelligence agencies involved. Yeah, they they seem like they're they're the ones stewing the pot and throwing their useful idiots around, as it were. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We got both both the birthday people are teachers, so I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if they'll be aware of you know what's been going on with the teaching, the all the. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm. Wouldn't you think like wouldn't that be the talk of the the teachers lounge is like oh all, all you, the, you mean 
You mean the Project Veritas? To... Well, not just that, but all you know that definitely, but all the other like board meetings that are happening. Oh, sure. People are just more active now because it's like you yeah. guys are directly impacting. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. children's lives in ways that uh, were going on before. To be honest, let's be let's be. Yeah, clear abs- about absolutely. That, but... And and let's just say it wasn't going on. It, it's perceived as though it's going on, which is a problem. Um, you know, because I I think like the people that I know that are teachers aren't. They would rather that be the perception. It's, it's almost like they have a strategy of tension thing. It's weird. It's yeah. It's like it's just. It's not even conscious. It's like it's flowing through the the subconscious of these groups. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I was looking at the clip list. I think I see we we've got this kind of the same. The same. Oh, we do. Um, yeah. Well, one thing I, I'm interested to see. You got a TED talk here. Uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> I don't know if we want to bust straight into the clips. We can. Um, I if if we're gonna do that. The uh, NRM yeah. would be uh, we can <clears throat> we can start from there. Uh, so just you know, like to preface the clip, um, I think we both got interested in the in the subject of cults because of uh, current events, whether it's with COVID or the woke stuff, and just noticing cult like behavior and mentalities and. Uh, I think a lot of people have picked up on the fact that like an adherence to the official narrative of COVID-19 to an extreme degree can make someone almost seem like a cult, uh, like a member of a cult. And so uh, as a part of clarifying that, like, let's be honest, like throwing around the term cult is a, that's, that's some loaded language to be like, Hey, you're in a cult. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, met like an actual cult member before yeah i may have maybe once or twice but it's never been anything that was really that impactful i've certainly never called anyone a cult like hey dude you're in a cult like i've never because right. you, you know how that is uh like it's going to be perceived pretty bad um, yeah i mean so i think it's like being called a conspiracy theorist it sucks it, it shut, yeah it shuts i guess down that's dialogue. the reverse of it yeah. um but yeah, I think like what you're saying about the the covids um it's it they act to me as what I imagine a cult would sound like. You know where it's just like <laughs> yeah. a hard brick wall, there's no way in, there's no like the typical um I don't know, the typical just human interactions are not there, you know. There's only three things to talk about over a period of 3 days, you know? Like there's yeah. just I don't know that you can't talk about your garden anymore. Like you can't talk about, I don't know anything really. Yeah. It's just a rotating, uh, series of like, what's the scariest stat that we have today? Uh, whether it's, uh, percentages or doubling or, uh, increases, <laughs> we can rotate between the categories, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've picked up on this kind of cult, like, mentality with it and it's ironic because i think a lot of the time also people on the other side will be like well you guys are in a cult because you don't believe it and you're like right, well right. Yeah. uh all right so since we're both throwing around these terms how about uh how about we first define what it means to be in a cult yeah um so this is like clip one and actually uh it kind of defines 
occult, but it uses a more uh, a different term for it that I, I I don't think I was really familiar with. But I think it could actually be, uh, you know, for the academic <laughs> minded people, like a, a little bit more palatable, at least maybe to be open minded about it. If yeah. You want to roll that first clip for sure. This meaning to till or cultivate and in antiquity was used to describe the sacrifices, offerings and monuments built to cultivate favor with the gods. In time, it came to mean any unorthodox religion. The Roman Empire referred to Judaism as a cult. Some say that certain versions of Islam are cults. Nowadays, most scholars prefer the word uh, new religious movement or NRM. And many arose not to exploit their followers, but to help them survive in the face of an external threat. The collective's very sense of self is under attack by the world. And the only way to salvage one's identity is to come together under the leadership of this charismatic authority and to rebuild from scratch. Jesus of Nazareth lived that was interesting. They said the the collective sense of identity or sense of self. Did you hear that? Yeah, like the uh, your sense of self is under attack. Yeah, but as a collective, which I yeah. thought was very interesting. So the new. So it's a new religious movement. It's yeah. not, uh, you know, I mean, it, you can call it a cult, but if you want to uh, maybe try to. <laughs> hide the language more when you're saying like uh man these branch covidians they're in a cult mm-hmm. you'd be like well you know it's this is kind of sounding very similar to past you know new religious movements or and maybe we go the nrm uh route we just simplify like this kind of seems like an nrm mm-hmm. uh you know just <laughs> dull the the uh, impact for some people but uh i i think i think it's it's interesting uh one of the common uh themes i've noticed in people discussing cults is also the the charismatic leader mm-hmm. um which is you know like the stereotype with whether it's jonestown or waco or any anything like that mm-hmm. and you do certainly see that with in um you know the fauci worship uh and I, I, maybe people still worship bill gates i don't know if he's uh <laughs> probably like people love that man for a while yeah, I mean, he could do no wrong. His philanthropic, you know, PR. I mean, that's what people saw him as, is, is a billionaire who's investing his money to help the greater good. Right. Over yeah, he's Africa. the reverse. And that's he's where it ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about how he's helping or anything like that. It's just that that's, you know, what a great man. I'm making a lot of money. I want to be like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to understand. Um what that mentality is like, but I, I definitely, I mean, believe me, we've gotten the heat. We've gotten the heat from about that. Bill Gates is like, he, he gives away his money. He does good for people, you know? And it's like, that's kind of where this whole cult sensation started. I think during the COVID was when you were talking about Bill Gates and there was just no way in. And we're talking like an hour, an hour long conversation where there was just no budging. And, um, you know, they couldn't possibly fathom that it's not that he's up to nefarious, um, activities. I mean, he might be, I mean, a lot of people think he is, I might think he is, but 
It's just the fact that maybe what he's doing might not be helping people is the, the impossibility. It's the impossible reality for people that are so like wrapped up. I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call them cultists, you know, but I, I like that we, we took kind of the same route here and, and you found <laughs> that you found that Netflix. Um, oh yeah. You get, you got another clip from there. Yeah. I got a shortened. Let's, let's hear that definition again. I got, I got the shortened one. I think, I don't even think oh, okay. I got the, I'm glad you caught the NRM cause I don't think I did, but let, let me see what I was going for here. Cult comes from the Latin cultus, meaning to till or cultivate, and in antiquity was used to describe the sacrifices, offerings, and monuments built to cultivate favor with the gods. Yeah, so I kind of got like right, right where you started is pretty much where I started, where it was like cultivate and till. Right. You know, which, which means um. Uh, Till when you're when you're tilling the land, you're man, you're manipulating the land. Yeah, it's true. You're you're manipulating the soil for for a purpose. Um. Well, and there's also the uh, the sacrifice uh, offerings to the gods. It's a sacrifice. We're, uh-huh. we're sacrificing our livelihood, our ability to see our friends and family. Uh, I'm sacrificing wow. potentially my health in service of the herd uh even uh, if i don't know if it's going to do any of that i i'm just putting myself out there i'm doing uh, i'm doing my part as it were well, you said um, sacrifice <laughs> yeah it's so true yeah, and I'm, oh, man. yeah and for, for cuz i don't feel um anything about that i don't i don't really feel part of the collective in this whole you know situation that we're in no. And and so man, it's such a sacrifice. It's almost like people <laughs> need to sacrifice. And there was there was something else here. Let me let me look up cuz I had a couple other things that were kind of um I think um jeez, there was and this might be it. There was a couple other things. And then I want to get back to like that charismatic leader cuz I don't think it's <clears throat> Fauci or Gates. I think it's something else. It might not even be a person, but Interesting. Yeah. Here's a here's another um, interesting thing. I, I think I pulled this from the Netflix too. Within Nixium, there is a secret group. And that's the first time I heard this term DOS. Dominus Obsequious Sororium. That's Latin for master over female slave. Okay. So that was a, that's a different thing. Because I noticed a lot of language when I was looking up this. I noticed a lot of um, master and slave. Mm. Like a lot of things in, in the cult arena is, is tied to a master, which I find ultra ironic that the people, uh, the people that are um, at least appear to me to be in the cult are totally against the idea of master. And I have another one to back up here. Is it like master and love? I thought that was interesting as well. It is a love relationship. Master and disciple. Something happens in your heart when you see a master. Bhagwan is my master and I love him. (laughs) Bhagwan's my master. Love is a healing remedy. People's temple was unique at that time. It was black and white and American Indian and Hispanic. We all walked in naively thinking, okay, Jim said he wants a utopia. I want a utopia. We thought we were joining a movement to make the world better. 
Hmm. Yeah. So it's like that master relationship with like, I, I'm trying to find where this, this clip is. It's, it's, it talks about people being broken and like cult members being, being broken. Um, but yeah, I started to notice like a lot. I don't know. I, I was looking at that. I was looking at Jonestown. They were all kind of saying the same thing. You know, it's a love relationship. You know, something happens to the body when when you fear master. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I feel like in this sense, like what, what we're talking about, I, I feel like that charismatic leader is science. Yeah, it just as as a as an entity, it's yeah. almost it's it's uh, like the, a leaderless cult, as it were, or a leaderless uh, NRM. Yeah, where the the leader is almost um, ethereal. It's not it's not anything physical or a person. Because like, let's be honest, I don't think we could. I mean, maybe we could, um, but I, I just don't think with like social media and, I mean, the closest thing we have to cult uh, cult leaders i mean people say that um the last two presidents 45 44 were cult leaders do you do you agree with that i mean uh, yeah i think i think you could make an argument for for that in in some respect in terms of a cult of personality and just like a worship of that person's personality i uh, you know yeah cuz i mean the, to varying to varying degrees yeah yeah the biggest thing i hear from the left right now is how 45 is a cult leader <laughs> you know or his his follower followers or you know anybody that doesn't want to get the jab is a is a trumper you know like yeah and therefore like uh they're they're the cult members right yeah. right and so but i i just don't see him as that i guess i don't know there there is that q thing yeah, I think that's, you know, <clears throat> that's probably the closest, uh, you know, and there are some people who are just obsessed with Trump on a, on a personal level, like they just absolutely adore him. And that's kind of, mm -hmm. it's like a, almost a celebrity style worship, like, uh, but, you know, I, I, in terms of the impact of that, that type of mindset, uh, I think you're right in that, <clears throat> and it, it almost makes a, a leaderless cult way more dangerous because you can't take it like Jim Jones. Uh, you can take that guy out. Yeah, <laughs> you can arrest Charles Manson. You can do whatever. Yeah. Uh, not even saying that the Branch Davidians were like really even that bad from what I understood, but uh, yeah. they probably were. Uh, yeah, but that's a whole another rabbit hole. But um, just in terms of the ability for the the idea and the religion to persist long after any one person is gone is like way more powerful because it's the idea it's it's science it's mm -hmm. the it's the truth you know and the, and the experts are kind of like the um you know the like the gods or the the people that cannot be questioned they're they're the masters as it were like i trust the experts yeah, I trust science, and the experts are pretty much like the priests of science. Um, so, <clears throat> just reading off of so this is a an excerpt uh, I found. It's from can't pronounce the author's name very well, 
but the book is called take back your life recovering from cults and abusive relationships Uh, and it just gets it's just a quick list of the characteristics of cults because i think it's important to have have an idea at least some basis of what we're talking about so oh good good because i have have three clips on this okay so let's so yeah let's read yours and then uh first characteristic the group displays an excessively zealous and unquestioning commitment to its leader and whether he's he is alive or dead or she uh regard his belief system ideology and practices as truth and law uh point number two questioning doubt and dissent are discouraged discouraged or even punished uh we don't question the science trusted yeah, i think we, we need can a bell. kind of see that one yeah yeah um the group is elitist claiming a special exalted status for itself mm. its leaders and its members uh the group has a polarized us versus them mentality which may cause conflict with the wider society or when the wider society is the group everyone who's not in it um Mm -hmm. the leader is not accountable to any authorities Uh, the group teaches or implies that its supposedly exalted ends justify whatever means it deems necessary this may result in members participating in behaviors or activities they would have considered reprehensible or unethical before joining the group. Uh, I think there's probably some things people are doing right now that are, uh, uh, they would have never considered before, uh, or maybe they didn't, they were against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the leadership induces feelings of shame and or guilt in order to influence and control members. Often this is done through peer pressure and subtle forms of persuasion social media uh flatten the curve stay home stay all, all the <laughs> bullshit that shame and guilt and peer pressure is like the most common threads we're seeing right now yeah uh let's see if i can give you anything else here um the group is preoccupied with making money i mean i mean it's part of it uh yeah, and members are encouraged or required to live and or socialize only with other group members. And you're kind of seeing that now um, with people saying, shun the people that don't get the vaccine, uh, don't see these people. Like, that's, I think a lot of people, have, I, I've seen a lot of people online point that out as like, that's kind of a characteristic of what a cult would do is to shun the people that don't believe in the in the in the medical procedure that's based on science but it's still kind of a belief system guys um yeah yeah so those are some of the most uh common traits that uh this these authors pointed out and i think that's you know the the interesting ones are like the polarization the us versus them mentality you definitely see that they're they're elitist and not accountable to authorities yeah because uh, they are the authorities or whatever uh, and the shame and guilt as a way to influence and control members i mean that's clearly going on and the lack of questioning and doubt so i think you could make an argument there's uh, a lot of those that are present right now with uh regard to covid and you know off of that woke but i know more covid now but yeah yeah well they they cross they cross they're intersectional actually 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Especially in the past eighteen months, two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you need to make it. You even have to make an argument that that exists. I mean, um, at least if if you're not in the group and we're, we're talking about the the jabbed, <laughs> the people taking medical procedures. Um, you know that just the accountability fact isn't there. You know, they are from within the group you're saying or Yeah, yeah. Like like just asking my my status is you know the idea that that's private or it's something not something that I do. I just don't do it for other people, to other people. I don't care. Yeah, I, I I'm the same way. You know, and then you know, based on the answer or asking, you know, if, if some of my family is or this or that and then the answer being like if I say I don't think so, I don't know, and then they say, Well, oh they're they're some responses I've gotten are, are oh they're they're um what do they say, they're they're those those types or something. <laughs> you know, and it's the othering, it's the separation. Yeah, it's exactly. Purely disgusting yeah. to me, but um yeah, I don't those are interesting. Um I think I pulled the these characteristics from that Netflix to um, it might have been something else, but they, they only gave me three. So let's, let's take a listen to see if they line up with. Okay. And, and we'll put, we'll, I'll play one and we'll kind of see what's going on with it. So here's, here's the first one. A cult is a group or a social movement that's led by a charismatic leader uh, who is authoritarian and who demands to be revered as a godlike figure. We were taught to believe that what he said was straight from the mouth of God. In the community, as we called it, he was God's authority. Hmm. In the community, as, as we called it. Mm-hmm. The science community. Yeah. The medical community authoritarian the science is not to be questioned even when it changes frequently which is fine i have i have a background in science i have no problem with science changing it's just (laughs) the people that are saying it i know have no they wouldn't know what to do with a study if it was in front of them they wouldn't know how to read it they wouldn't know how to analyze you know the findings yeah, the science their the, their science is always changing when they need it to change, because they change their mind about something, and it probably almost always isn't based on any study per se. It's more just policy. But then, it's also the science is also settled uh, when it needs to be. Like it's no, it's safe and effective. We've established that. Like yeah, but it seems like everything else you guys are saying is changing well yeah i mean the science is changing it's like but but that's but it's not the case with that like no it's we just need we just need more we we just need more of it right like that's the only but that doesn't seem to correlate with reality but uh i guess i'll just trust i guess i'll just trust the science i don't you know and that's i think that's the majority of what most people are doing is just going along without really asking these types of of questions because well the charismatic authority said that's the case and i mean they've really made a uh, an unattractive uh pro- like proposal for people to question like 
we'll immediately label you this. You're going to be in the out group. You're going to like literally have privileges and rights removed. Mm. Um, would you still like to question or do you, do you just want to trust us? Like, yeah, I, that doesn't really seem like a fair, uh, either, or like I, we're still getting the, the whole, uh, from friends like, well, yeah, it's still a choice. Like, yeah, I know, but it's, it's really not like a very even equal choice at all, but no. you know, it, it's, it's out of touch with, uh, what what um like everything's off of the original meaning it seems when it comes to to language <laughs> science being one of those words um well that's religion yeah that's that's why i'm 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 more and more convinced after looking through all this stuff that science is the charismatic leader mm. because all of its um apostles or however you want to call it i don't know much about you know the religious structure but like priests or deacons or you know if you look at somebody like bill nye is very it makes science very charismatic you know mm. and yeah. and not him himself he has production behind him you know even back in his his old days of you know the 90s or bill nye the science guy it was, it was still some pretty savvy production that made it you know charismatic that made him charismatic and he's a goofy guy and the same with like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's, you know, I I don't know how many people I've heard quite a bit say reference Neil deGrasse Tyson when they're talking about the shape of the earth. They say, you say, oh, well, and this goes back to like, you can't even question anything these days, even though I think like the shape of the earth would be a good exercise for children to, you know, kind of, kind of run through to mm. get, to get their analytical skills, you know, um, kind of up there instead of just like, you know, memorizing, you know, how many, how many miles away from the sun is the earth, you know, how many miles away from the moon, you know? Um, but to actually like, you know, analyze the, the different arguments for both theories and they are still both theories, I believe. Um, but anyway, like how many people have, have looked to Neil deGrasse Tyson and say, I don't, I don't even need, and the figure eights of the shadows and they couldn't even tell you what that meant just that it's round and that anyone that doesn't think so is, is an idiot or right. you know anybody that questions it or even just and that's the whole thing like it's not even like for me for example I, it's not even like I question things but I, I like inquiry you know it stimulates my mind yeah well really I mean that's it should be one of the most uh, invigorating parts of a person's life is to ask questions about like why things are the way they are. Why did, why do, uh, why does this uh, have to be this way? Like, does this make sense? Yeah. You know, all the, all the natural curiosity you have as a child where your parent eventually is like, Oh, because I said so. Oh, because, you know, because I said so, like, yeah. that's what it is. And that, I think that's kind of the equivalent we're being met with with the scientific authority. It's like, well, because I'm I'm science, mm. I am the scientist. That's why because I'm, science I'm science. Sa I'm, science said yeah I this, said so. so. Therefore, you know what what do you what science, do you what are you doing here? What science doing? is the modern day Pied Piper. I follow the science <laughs> into a medical procedure into my arm. That's literally a I lot let of the science, excuses I've heard. <laughs> I let. <laughs> I let science into my heart. Yeah. 
and now it's uh now my heart is large yes uh, because of the love relationship i have with science yes and uh. because it's also inflamed but um <laughs> well let's go on the characteristic number two i'm sure see what's sure. going on here the group has some form of indoctrination program uh, sometimes called thought reform or mind control it was almost like the operating system was the bible and then he was putting all of his programs in there on top of it and people would kind of accept them because they accepted the bible so they shouldn't question the bible so they had to believe it that sounds like a like a uh, normalization kind of thing like hey let's normalize something else right like let's change people's uh, thought patterns and what their meanings and definitions of things are yeah he he came very close to well the guy came in and he was like or mind control yeah that was, right that's that pretty kind of odd Whew. but um she said thought reform thought know? reform that's yeah. it yeah yeah thought reform and, that, that, and that's a different way to think of it because you know, you can kind of see that in terms of like, well, this is normal now. It's new. It's we're changing. Like I, I said this to somebody else a couple of weeks ago. I was like, yeah, do you remember a time in history when they ever like openly announced that they were changing what the definition of normal was? Like usually that happens culturally and then people like it's just accepted and then it kind of and that can happen a number of different ways. But to specifically talk about what is normal and say now this, but it's, it's going to be what's new normal, even though it's not normal. Like there was a clip of Gavin Newsom saying that. And it's like, hmm. this is pretty much admitting, you know, the process we're going through is changing our perspective and our definitions of words and what, what it means to be quote unquote normal, like, uh, which I think cr- leads to a lot of chaos and people who are just going along with it because, uh, you know, I've said uh, when you open up the door to changing what normal is, you really have no idea where you're, you're going to end up. And that's I, I think you could make a comparison with cults, too, where they're like, well, this is radical, man. This is like he knows, like I, I feel like a changed person, like I'm, you know, and then before you know it, they're drinking the Kool-Aid or they're doing, you know, one thing or the other. So mm-hmm. I think that that type of uh, process has been uh it's it's kind of terrifying to go through as a society and and to also witness people just like okay well yeah let's make this the what normal is like hey wait what did you really ask questions before you you change that definition like i know they're telling you that but like really think about it um which i think really flows well into my second clip okay um it's from a ted talk by uh Diane Ben Scooter, Ben Scooter, um, and yeah, she's just going to talk about um, how cults uh, change changes the mind. This is from I think twelve years ago. Okay. Just as a yeah, let's run it. Groups that are commonly referred to as cults, the members must oh. leave their friends and family. I Either don't to think this is to a confined Did living I send you the wrong clip? other believers. <laughs> Maybe. Or the group asked. Oh no. Uh oh. You um that's okay. We can I can pull it up. Um, okay. We can me, do the YouTube route. Yeah, let's do that. Let me mark where we left off. I'll just cut this out because or okay. not. It doesn't really matter, but let me um Yeah. Let me I'll share it with you. 
You can do that, or... Um... Actually, hold on. Um, I have... What was, that? what was the name again? Um, <clears throat> well, I have a clip. Um, let's see here. Audio cut it? Is that... Okay, here it is. No. That's all right. Here. Uh, so you can go to How Cults Rewire the Brain on uh, YouTube. And okay. then... See where she goes. Diane Benscotter? Yeah. Okay. Ten ten years ago. Is it the whole thing? Or No, I'm trying to find you the, the where you should start up. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> go to uh, the time marker Next time you see 333. Backyard, don't uh, <laughs> oh, this nice. Is the best okay. Oh, yeah. Even to Got some wild if lettuce. If you leaf or stem and squeeze it, you'll see a white substance coming out. Oh, yeah. This 333? 333, and then... Um, if we want to pick this part back up, I think I'll tell you, I'll just cut in and tell you where to stop it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We're recording, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you just cut it. All right. What is this? What's, how does this work? And what I came, how I come to view what happened to me is a viral mimetic infection. For those of you who aren't familiar with memetics, a meme has been defined as an idea that replicates in the human brain and moves. Virus, the way a virus works is it's most, it can infect and do the most damage to someone who has a compromised immune system, right? In 1974, I was young, I was naive, and I was pretty lost in my world. I was really idealistic. These easy ideas to complex questions are very appealing when you are emotionally vulnerable. What happens is that circular logic takes over. Moon is one with God. God is going to fix all the problems in the world. All I have to do is humbly follow because God is going to stop war and hunger, all these things I wanted to do. All I have to do is humbly follow, because after all, God's the Messiah. He's going to fix all this. It becomes impenetrable. And the most dangerous part of this is that it creates us and them, right and wrong, good and evil. And it makes anything possible, it makes anything rationalizable. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So she's comparing it uh, to being a uh, the, uh, the act of being in a cult to having uh, a mind virus that is pretty much perpetuated through circular logic and um, obviously being susceptible to that type of um, manipulation, but. Mm-hmm. She she described herself as naive, you know, and looking for simple answers. Uh, 
And then also bringing up the point of uh, that she was impenetrable to, like, she could not be talked out of her belief. And I, like, as we said earlier, this is clearly something that's happening to many people who are what, what I would call true believers in the COVID uh, belief system to where they're, you know, you can't, you can't talk about, Hey, have you looked at the, uh, the recent, in, you know, estimated infection fatality rate? Have you actually looked at this data that they're, have you actually looked at any of this stuff? Like, I know they're saying the stories about kids, but like, have you actually looked at it? And it, it's frustrating because you realize like, Oh, it doesn't matter. It's like the actual data the context for what what all this stuff means instead of like the fear porn part of it mm-hmm. uh that part <laughs> for a lot of people it seems ended uh very early on in the pandemic at no curve some people were just off to the races we're just gonna swallow every part of it and uh granted i maybe i didn't catch catch it early enough in some people but you know it didn't matter like if they were as she states like had a compromised uh mental immune system Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were going to be infected with the virus they were not going to they were not going to be able to um vaccinate themselves against uh joining the cult as it were because they just didn't have that capacity and so we're kind of left uh, you know, like, well, what do we do? You know, like, how do we, how do we break through to a, a person who has solidified their worldview and in, in such pretty much extreme terms, even though it's become normalized and mainstream, mm-hmm. how do we break through the, to that mindset? Um, and how do we, I mean, it's like, you pretty much have to do deprogramming too. And that's, that's hard. Um, well, the the circular logic too that she's talking about in 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 your analogy and and what you're referencing is, I think the 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 big tech quote unquote big tech companies. You know, if you type into Google like how many kids have died of you know COVID, like it'll pop up, and this is kind of where you're talking like not a strong immune system where. Um, let's say the the digital immune system would be, you know, sorting through disinformation, how to find information, how to find, you know, for lack of a better word, like healing information, something that would heal your fears or your anxieties or bring you clarity, like a clean sense of, of awareness of what's going on so you could make better decisions. I don't know. It's also, it's all also interwoven. I think between the digital and the, and the reality, um, you know, because like on the, on the outside world and the physical world, I'm making decisions during what's going on right now, but I'm, I'm getting all my information digitally Yeah, because there's really nothing in the real world for me to reference, which is another mind fuck because it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's just not my experience that there's a pandemic. For the vast majority of people, like the vast majority of people, the pandemic has happened pretty much exclusively on television, on the internet, yes. and through news articles. But in terms of a tangible, like, man, my friends are all getting sick, they're all dying. Like, personally, I never had that experience 
like at all. And I had, I have friends that have worked in the hospitals. I've, right. uh, you know, I'm younger. So maybe it, obviously it, that impacts me less, but well, yeah, you I know, know, I remember early on in the pandemic, my dad saying something still, I've maybe it was like five, six months in. He's like, do you know anyone who's gotten sick? I still, I still don't know anybody like, wow. yeah, you think I, and it, but he's all in on it, yeah. you know, he's, but it, it was like that conscious, like, uh, like awareness, uh, like honesty breaking through where it's like, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's weird. You, you think you would. And then you're kind of like, yeah, you think, you think you might, um, I, I know a guy that tested positive, but he had no symptoms. Like that just doesn't feel from your senses, from your, you know, five senses that right. there's this apocalyptic thing happening. Like, oh, well, maybe this is for another episode, but we've, we're, we're going to get into it. I think with, with the all almighty, uh, what do they call that? Charismatic leader of science who's finding yeah. a, a, a sixth sense that we're born with. Mm. Um, they're in the works Ooh. for that. But, but what you're talking about with your, with your father too, is, is, what she was talking about where you get in that circular logic, you know, you don't have that healthy immune system. And and let's say, I don't know what we want to call the virus here. I mean, is the virus digital? Is it, it's some sort of meme. Yeah. It's, it comes it's from somewhere. Mimetic. It is kind of mimetic. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a thought. It's like a thought process or a thought system. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know more about memes because I feel like I remember first hearing about memes, but it was the way um, academics were talking about it. It had nothing to do with the internet. Mm-hmm. It was it was more like word to mouth. They were talking more more in the sense of like person to person, brain to brain, you know, through words and language. And then somehow now now a meme is I feel like exclusively means digital. You know, yeah, most people associate the picture with the words yeah. and, you know, making a witty point kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably I would say that's probably most people's perception of what a meme is, is like those things on the Internet. Yeah. Um, but in terms of ideas, I mean, most things are now coming or originating from online sources at some point. But it's right. Uh, you know, it's, it's just interesting. I, I don't, <clears throat> my personal opinion is that the pandemic more, well, more so the response and the public's willingness to go along with these extreme measures would never have been possible had we not had things like social media. Like it just wouldn't at some point, Correct. the bullshit detector would have gone off. Correct. Like even with, you know, like how TV monopolized people's attention before the internet, you know, like, yes, it seemed like, it seemed like they want, they, it seemed like it was happening or was trying to happen with the swine flu. And you know what? The only difference is with the swine flu, because that was what, 2010, 2009. I feel like the, the biggest difference to your point is that the boomer generation was not on social media like hmm. we are today. Social media was not as ubiquitous as it is today. So I, I can almost guarantee you're right in making that point. Yeah. I mean, think about those early videos of, uh, I don't know if they're appeared on TikTok, but like 
the guys dying in the streets in China yep. shaking on the ground. Like, yeah. clearly, uh, some of those seemed faked or, uh, like, it just looking back on it now. But they spread like wildfire, yeah. almost like a yeah, – what, what would you call that? Like, um, I, I call that master memetics because the whole platform TikTok showing that video – gives the viewer the impression that it's only a matter of time yeah before it comes to you right you know i've always felt yeah, that I've, weird you know. sensation with tiktok like why it's called tiktok because then you have oh, the clock yeah yeah the tiktok and then i i don't know if you ever saw that um i mean kind of off topic but it was um it was that watchman series on hbo and like yeah, it was it was pretty pretty well done. Yeah, and and all those um, white supremacists were saying TikTok, TikTok. Mm. You know, but huh. but you have like a cross, like an, an intersectional use of the word TikTok. Like a lot of people on the left use TikTok, TikTok to reference the reckoning that's coming. Times up, you times know, up, times yeah. up. And, uh... Yeah, so that's very interesting. Um, but then I also think so. I'm thinking like the so the social media is maybe the social media is the virus or I don't know what whatever I feel like whatever closes that loop or you know creates that loop that um, circular logic loop that she was talking about mm-hmm. in that TED talk. I yeah. feel like whatever creates that is the virus. Yeah, I I would agree with because that. she was saying that it it allows anything to be possible and it allows anything to be rationalizable. And that reminds me, and it's not just your, your dad, it's, it's a lot of different people where he came and said to you, you know, do you know anybody that's gotten this? And so his mind is recognizing that nobody's gotten it, that he knows yet somehow he'll rationalize it into being still a problem, even if he can't see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's no It's it's just like anything. It's like um it's like anything you say to them, it's like, well, I can't think of something, but they're immune to evidence, ironically. Ironically, yeah. And they're I, I incapable of it. of new new evidence regarding this as a an ongoing like court case or unsolved mystery or thing that needs to be resolved it's like and and you you'll see this too i mean i see this in the marketing of the vaccine i see it in like even the origin story of where covid came from or any of this stuff what you'll notice is people who have very uh solidified mindsets and are in our cult members as it were whatever you want to call it they are they're basically going off of old versions of what the official narrative is like, oh, I, yeah, I mean, I took the vaccine to prevent me from giving it to somebody else. And there you still see this like I'm well, yeah, you got to get the vaccine to, pre- you know, prevent your family from getting sick. It's like that they're now stating they don't have any any real evidence that that's part of the benefit. And then it's like then the circular logic takes over and it's like, well, hypothetically, by you not getting as sick. And it's like, well, no, we're talking about science here, right? Like. Mm-hmm. The science said that that's not true. And it's just like this round and round circle where then they'll start either ignoring your points or just using any possible um, like like a thought terminating 
terminating cliche that like ends the circle like it ends the the thought process mm-hmm. on, and their, on their part what's that on their part and don't don't think i mean if anybody's listening to this don't think that the irony of me and you possibly turning this into by by identifying cult we are also us and theming that's very true we're creating an us and then yes you know and in its own right which might be kind of a side effect of cults i don't know yeah exactly and you know i mean i don't want to view myself as being in one group or the other like i'm always when it comes to politics or any of this stuff, I'm never like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely on that team. Right. Right. But because the lines have been drawn so deeply in the sand, it's like, you're, it's hard to avoid it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm certain I'm, (laughs) I feel like we're just taking the role that, that they've created anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're using their language, you know, like we're just trying to dissect it in a way that's, that makes sense. And I, I think that's kind of where like, you know, the NPC meme comes from, mm-hmm. uh, you're just, you're noticing a trend. You're not, it, you know, it in the NPC meme is kind of dehumanizing. I mean, it is like, cause it's taking, reducing somebody down to basically being like a robot, uh, or programmed response. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that happens to come true a lot. You see that a lot in conversations with people where there's no active literacy going on. They're not trying to figure out what they what they believe and why they believe it. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a meaning system. And yeah, in fairness, you're right. Like we don't we don't want to perpetrate or uh, perpetuate, I should say, the, the us versus them mindset. But clearly, there's. Uh, oh, I want know, to. Like, I I, don't, I have I, no qualms. I just want. Well, I just want yeah, you I mean, and everyone <laughs> to know that it, it's not lost on me. I have self awareness about it. Yeah. No. And, and the fact that we're able to even discuss it is a much higher level than probably most people. It's you know. Uh, there we go, elitizing ourselves. <laughs> I'm not like. What's that? I said there we go, elitizing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, trust us. Only we can see it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, you know, that's the the crux of it. You get pushed in that category of one thing or another, mm-hmm. but at the mm-hmm. same time it's like you know, we're as this being on this side of the equation or whatever, we're able to talk about it. We're mm-hmm. ta- we're talking we're actively talking about it. Uh yeah. and I'd love for us to invite on a, you know, somebody on the other side of the argument. But I'm sure by, you know, minute 10, they'd be like, you know, you could probably hear them huffing in the background like they're ready to get off. That's usually the case with talking to people in this mindset. Um, I mean, we could include that in the conversation. However, I don't think that I'm the person for that. So it might possibly be. No, I I don't either. Well, I don't think that's true. I've, I've seen you discuss things with people. I've seen you, I've seen people thank you for discussing this yeah. with them. And um Yeah, you know, when you have success breaking through, even if it's just like a pin needle in a giant haystack of programming, but they acknowledge that they heard you and they actually understand your point even with such a solidified mindset, you realize like 
there is still hope for some people. Now, how how much you're able to make progress with that is anybody's guess. But um, I think the most important thing like that I've been trying to do anyway with with regard to all this, at least on a personal level, is try to understand, you know, like where the people in my life are coming from. Yeah. Uh, even though I know that they're not they're not providing that same space to understand me you know it's always from afar they don't ask questions like how is it for you doing this or that or right. what do you, why do you believe what you believe like the people that generally speaking say i trust the science yeah they don't ask you like so why don't you trust the science very rarely and usually right. it's somebody that like doesn't know the prowess that they're dealing with not to again toot our own horn or anything but it's like oh. uh they kind of stumble onto that and they quickly realize, Oh, why did I ask that question? Like, um, but there's a lot of things on social media and through the media that like in general, that just terminate somebody's thought process. It becomes that circular logic. Like, Hey, here's, here's where you get off the, uh, here's where you get off the ride. Just get off here. Don't, don't continue (laughs) down this, this path. Just get off here. Like they're, they're that they're the, I'm the blah blah anti-vax conspiracy okay oh oh they're that oh i'm getting off like yeah yeah and they've already boxed you in and they already they already have thought about how they're going to react to you anyway so yeah it's, yeah so i've seen it over and over and over I, you know yeah obviously that's why there are those memes about you know the npc yeah. um well that and i think it's it's the also the art of of the meme too because it does capture that one particular it does very much capture the feeling yes when you're by yourself and you think you're the only one that that thinks what you think or sees what you see you know and that's that's kind of the hardest part because i don't know if there's other people out there that are interested in understanding the other side or when they see you know the mass you know, mind moving through this whole, whole situation. If, if they don't feel anything other than anger and disgust, I don't know if those people are out there. I I would like to know, um, and share ideas of how, how they cope with that or, or, or maybe in terms of what you're saying is how, how can you actually get through to somebody in that sense? Yeah, I think, I think we've, uh, we've talked about having a segment on the show at some point of, you know, conversations with an NPC or a normie or whatever you want to, uh, you know, label it, but just trying to break through and like, what is the, uh, the process for that? And yeah, um, pull a Delta on them. Yeah. Oh, pull a variant of some sort. Pull a a breakthrough on them. Yeah. You kind of have to have a breakthrough case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because they've been vaccinated with inversed reality. That's, making them just like literally live in the upside down world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inverted for sure. But yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot, a lot of threads to pull on when it comes to cults, um, or new religious movements Yeah, in relation to the world we live in. I, and, and COVID's just, uh covid's one of the bigger parts of it but i think future episodes where it will uh like the, the woke uh cult can go on for many episodes as oh, yeah. well yeah um i mean to be you know just 
what you're saying is is it it's the most it's the closest one to us. It's the closest cult, the, the, the cult COVID like, one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think COVID above above the woke for sure. Yeah. But, for sure and for now. But not by much. Right. But yeah. Yeah, we there's still a lot of there's still a lot of gap to be filled with the woke. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really they pushed it out there last year, and I, I just haven't seen too much of it lately. It's such a it's such a postmodern like it's it's a postmodern thought process or system that's so hard to explain at times. Like you need a uh, a thing to help map out the world to understand what the hell people are saying half the time yeah Uh, and it's so that because it's not you know with covid it's a little bit more straightforward you're talking about like uh, all these different stats and what how dangerous it is and what we need to do and all this stuff with the woke stuff it's just way more esoteric and uh vague and like things mean two different things and you, you almost need something to decode what people are saying half the time so it's a lot i think trickier to dissect although i think we'll be able to but uh, it'll be COVID definitely is... interesting to do it yeah um i wonder if the i got a couple of clips here that sure. um that they might kind of they might kind of wrap in the mindset um because like a lot of what i was going through trying to find was just like like what are what is the characteristics of the mind or or what the feelings or you know more of the soul because like it, it it seems like it seems like when a cult is formed its sole purpose is to grab as many souls and feed off the energy until it dies pretty much i mean it feels like every cult has died um well that you, would go along with the virus uh yeah like eventually it's gotta die well. it's eventually yeah. it's gotta go um yeah, so there's a couple of things here that that I thought that these these types of mentalities they share, like w- what the inner inner world of these people might be. So here, we'll check this one out. And many arose not to exploit their followers, but to help them survive in the face of an external threat. The collective's very sense of self is under attack by the world, and the only way to salvage one's identity is to come together under the leadership of this charismatic authority and to rebuild from scratch. I think that that was part of the one that you played. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what I grabbed from that was the external threat, the idea. Mm. Did they say that in the beginning? Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I know. It, th- it throws a lot at you. Where you're... Yeah. But, uh-huh. um... There was also this one too, but the external threat. I mean, that one I feel obvious. There's the That's external pretty, threat. Pretty clear, yeah. And the cult provides protection from that. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as we're all taking the jab in the cult, we'll be protected, no matter what. No matter if we spread it, no matter if we get it, no matter <laughs> what, we'll still be protected. Yeah. Because science is awesome. So I, I fucking love science. I fucking love it. Here's another one. Thousands of seekers, most of them from broken or unstable families, and already emotionally wounded, are becoming victims of the gurus. <laughs> let's listen to that again. Thousands of seekers, most of them from broken or unstable families, and already emotionally wounded. <laughs> 
<laughs> from broken or unstable families and already emotionally wounded. Hmm. And I feel like the second part of that, it, it, yeah. for us in America here, uh huh. four years of Trump, I think, emotionally <laughs> yes. wounded a whole lot of oh, people. Oh, yeah. By 2020, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Sad. I give it up. Sad. Did not see that coming. Oh, I saw sad. the emotional woundedness coming. Yeah. I saw that, but I did not see the exploitation of that. And oh, I didn't even think about that. That's... Uh... That's a great point. Yeah, it's a great identifier, I think. Well, um, I think we've identified a trend of the victim victimhood mindset with a lot of people who just love to virtue signal about how much they've pretty much destroyed their own lives by staying inside for months on end, not seeing anybody, you know, wearing a mask indoors by themselves or going you know just doing all these rituals that uh allow them to also feel righteous which a self-righteous victimhood i think is a very dangerous mindset because what you can justify in the name of righting the wrongs of your you know there's a there's a couple different layers to it going on but it's just it's interesting to see like the the wounded people who were before I'm talking before COVID who were wounded, whether with, you know, trauma in their life or, you know, uh, Trump derangement syndrome or whatever it is, which is a form of trauma for people. Like Mm -hmm. they were very susceptible to uh, jumping off the COVID cliff as it were, and not, not looking back. Yeah. They were ready. It it was almost like they were so ready that it is as soon as they said two weeks to flatten the curve, you you knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. Right. You knew well, it. think about it. They're they're li- they already were living in a new normal. And I say this is somebody that didn't. I didn't vote for either party uh, in either election. But Same. I was never traumatized by Trump. I just was kind of like, this is this is absurd, and I think it's it's somewhat entertaining uh, to witness. But um, but for a lot of people, they were already in the new normal of like the Orange Man virus mm. and. Mm. So when COVID came around, it was like, oh, it's a new, new normal that isn't so much based around how messed up the world is because of Trump. Mm -hmm. It's about we're all going to come together and we're all going to fight the virus. So it was almost like a also a coping strategy, I almost think, for some people provided meaning. Mm -hmm. Also, it's an election year. So all those people were primed to be like, I, I remember very early on. Uh, like this is like the week before everything shut down, like for yeah. a St. Patrick's Day party, talking to a friend's mom who is like very much a Democrat. And I, re- I remember talking to her about the COVID stuff and the glee in her eyes was pretty bizarre when she was like, I really hope this hurts Trump's reelection. Oh you know, it's like, but, the, but you do realize that by you saying that you're almost hoping that it's really bad. Right. <laughs> but like, it was like that acknowledgement that like that she vocalized that was like uh yeah i i hope uh i hope this takes down trump which uh clearly that was uh you know that i had some people say it's the only reason for COVID. i don't believe that but it certainly uh didn't help him so um, <laughs> yeah he was collateral damage i, I think yeah, yeah like, no it was a much bigger thing going on than just trump yeah. but I just thought that was so interesting because it was like 
finally we got something to like it could, at that point i think most people would have agreed like trump was going to win um, yeah you know, we can get into the whole thing of what you know the whole election thing but outside of that just like i think it was pretty clear and yeah then he had the, he like had the big, momentum oh yeah big and time. then the golden goose that like how could you who <laughs> you know like and so all the people that I think went full and it's not the case uh, across the board, but I would say the vast majority of people who are in the cult are on the left. I think that's pretty obvious. Yes. Uh, yes. And for a lot of the reasons that like, it just made sense for the political sense. And what we were just talking about with uh, Trump derangement syndrome, trauma, and also there, they tend to be more of the, you see the signs. I believe in science. Like they're the, yeah. they're, that's kind of their religion. So um, they were all primed for it. And then, you know, you get Billy Gates coming in there and there you go. So it's, uh, it's quite, quite a, quite a thing to witness this last year and a half. Um, I'm just, I think we're both hoping, I don't want to speak for you, but it's pretty like, we're both hoping that the, uh, the cult slows down at some point or uh, or gets uh, loses momentum or burns itself out. But. I just want to be included in the new normal and have my own thoughts be respected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if that's what it's going to be. And that's also an interesting thing, too, is when they're talking about cults, I forget which characteristic it was, either one you were reading or me, but it was about a utopia. Mm. And it's like that slogan, Build Back Better promises a utopia yeah and that's another thing that got me in which i was like build back better i mean that's that sounds so stupid because why don't we just stop destroying (laughs) (laughs) is kind of how i felt like stop destroying small businesses stop destroying people's pensions stop you know destroying all that furloughing people's jobs their livelihood just stop doing that you don't have to build anything (laughs) just stop but 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 Scott, uh, 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 oh shit! <laughs> oh no, you cut that out. Got it, got it. Uh, we'll cut. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, like people don't see that. They don't see that part. Uh, like they, they just think that the virus, right? The external is the threat. thing that destroy the. Yeah. Well, if Trump just had taken the uh, measures that we needed, then then we wouldn't have had to like the do all these things that destroyed small business or we could be like Canada and wait, Canada didn't help small business really that much either. Um, You know, I just, I don't, they don't even, but I don't, I don't get it, man. It's like, how do they not acknowledge that part of it? But I wonder if it, I wonder if it, it it is to their disadvantage to acknowledge it. And what I mean by that is if, if there's an external threat and it seems like in this cult, that we're discussing there's two external threats there's the the virus and then there's there's trump who needs to go out and one is false or a lot of people consider false um but i think what i meant by false is that we've discussed that it's really only seen in reality on on tv or the internet um but what i mean like I don't know. I lost my train of thought there, but what I was trying to say was um, that by by taking by taking Trump as a external threat, 
it's almost as though to say the virus doesn't exist is to lose that. It's just everybody goes along with whatever measures are needed if the utopia promised to them is a country without Trump as president. Yeah. You know, and so therefore the glean in the eye of of your democratic mom there, it's almost as if that was the decision made. Everybody saw that opportunity is the one way to get him out because impeachment had just failed. You know, there was no other, he had the momentum even coming out of that impeachment. So there was no way he was going to get out. And this was the one way. And it's like, everyone just turned off any sense of, of reason. It, what, isn't it funny how those people are still the ones who will almost always say like, well, yeah, the virus has been politicized and it's like, uh, you know, a lot of the people who are on the skeptic side aren't even bringing up left or right, whatever, but it's all the people on the, the team COVID side that are the ones who are actually politicizing it. Yes. Um, but they don't acknowledge that side of it. They just think that, Oh, just because you, you know anyone who disagrees with Fauci is clearly doing it for a political reason. Yeah, they're far right. Yeah. So if right. you disagree they, you with know. somebody, it's politicized by the people saying it's being politicized. Yeah, I'm fully aware of whenever I hear that happening. Yeah. And like, hey, let's the people that are going against the science trademark are doing that because they're trying to get their guy in, which. I think a lot of people have pointed out the fact that, uh, you know, most of what the left does is projection. I yeah. think we can all kind of see that to some degree, but, um, so it's, yeah, I, I don't know, um, not to, uh, how we want to, how we want to wrap. Uh, yeah. Let, let's wrap it up. Let, let's we're, see. We're getting to like an hour. I think this has been yeah. a good first, uh, yeah. First go at uh, a podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to see where we where we take it from here. But you know, like with cults, it's it's a large topic. Like, I know. I know. We, we we literally. I'm sure you and I could go on for another couple hours. Um, and I think in order to do that, we need more clips. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. The and and I, if anybody is listening to this far through, I'm also very excited to keep this going to, to get feedback from other, other people and their, their ideas. Cause I'm, I'm sure we're not the only ones out here thinking and feeling this way and having these sort of thoughts that, you know, don't align with the, the, the two sides, I guess the two, cause I would like to understand maybe is, is there a cult on the right, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that strategy of tension mentioned, using you know um government intelligence agencies to foment a strategy of tension between the left and the right the ones that want the government the marxists you know the marxists versus the what do they call them the para or para something um neo-fascist extra paramentary groups which is hmm. no government almost your your neo-fascist anarchists hmm. um but let's let's wrap and, and we'll get we, we got to get an email address too so people can contact us but um 
that we'll, we can discuss that later. But let's let's wrap on this last clip, and I want to okay. I want to see if you um, can identify the word that is used that made me want to clip this. Purpose. The group was Nexium, and its unified purpose was self-improvement, using a patented method of rational inquiry for executive success, led by a man named Keith Raniere. But the claim that Raniere had one of the world's highest IQs, the way students had to bow to a picture of him on the wall, and how they had to call him the vanguard, unsettled Catherine. Hmm. Uh, purpose? Is that, is that what I'm... Purpose is close. That was the first thing you said. Although that was um, probably could have been cut out, but purpose definitely. But Vanguard, they were required oh. to call him Vanguard, and I don't know much about this Nexium cult. Um, I heard of what it came out like two years ago, three years ago. I feel like I remember hearing about it, but I never looked into the guy. But apparently, they had to call him the Vanguard. Yeah, the uh, HBO had a really good documentary about. Um, about Nexium, but huh. yeah, he was known as the Vanguard. I think because of a, like a pinball machine is what he said. It was just, it was like it kind of made it like a joke, uh, f- you know, like for people to have to call him Vanguard, and it was just like his favorite pinball game. Um, <laughs> okay, is what he claimed. It could be that could be just a, a front for some other reason, but yeah, that sounds um, obvious. Deflection. But so you're bringing up Vanguard in relation to. Uh, like COVID stuff or no, just, um, just the word associated with cults. There's, there's a lot of things and this will be something maybe I can, I can bring to you in, in the form of a clip bag or something, maybe a satchel, a small satchel of clips, mm. um, for the next one, or maybe a couple after this is just, um, as I was going through stuff today, I just, I noticed a lot of common language, um, according to cults in, uh, Vanguard was one of them, and the definition mm. that I have here for Vanguard is a group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas. <laughs> well, that definitely sounds like a new normal to me. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, um, I don't know. I think uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, so I think we can... Yeah, well, I look forward to... Uh doing it again real soon all right thanks a lot man all right take care